children so what's happening everybody how's everybody doing today uh, is that what happened yeah i didn't know that like i said i, I posted that pretty quick uh, the whole video was muted was that uh the, the uh, members only vlog eh, well, all right well that's funny because i did not check and i thought everything was good i was like uh, i recorded Oh, you know what? I, that's what I did. Because I recorded it on my stream. Anyways, yeah, we'll go over that. Today, today's the stream. Uh, today's the stream, uh, the members only stream. So we'll just go over that. We'll just go over it with that. I'll delete it out of there. But yeah, <laughs> that's fine. So sorry, members. Sorry about that. But yes, welcome to Film Junkie Live, guys. On your Tuesday, November 30th. That's right. Tomorrow is December. Shit. I have yet to start my Christmas shopping, for God's sakes. Thank you guys for clicking in. Make sure you smash that like thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe. If you want to become a member, do so. And, of course, we got the Patreon right there. we got merchandise down below, like like this. Like this shirt right here. That's right. It's a good shirt. One of my first shirts, to be honest. So, yeah. But anyway, so, welcome, guys. Welcome. appreciate you guys uh, clicking in. Of course, we got the, the main topics right there. If you're clicking in late... Well, you can always fast forward. I got a chaptered out for you. So, anyways, we got Mr. Fear Jason here. What's up, bud? Ah, how you doing there? Yes, Jose. Got Brandon. Good to see ya. Uh, talk about those TV spots, huh? Oh, yeah. There's a couple little, some of those TV spots that showed up, too, huh? Eric Patterson, good to see ya. Yeah, I know. I can't believe that. Can't believe that. So, did not realize, but thank you <laughs> Uh, it happens. Technical difficulties. What can you do? What's going on, Tyler? All right. We got uh, Miss Stephanie here, too. Is it Friday yet? Not quite. I wish it was, because today was quite frustrating for me when it came to work. What's going on? Ah, uh, Lakazoo, how you doing? Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing was muted. Uh, it's all right. Luckily, it was a members-only video. We'll talk about We'll talk about what I was saying, I guess you could say, uh, with the post-show stream that'll happen with you members, so, uh, yeah, so there we go, let's get nuts, let's get nuts, late and so's day, yeah, exactly, I hate my fans, that's exactly, you, you, you spotted it, Jacob, totally, uh, <laughs> just, yeah, well, good thing you didn't watch it, it's fine, what's going on, Christian, good to see you, who else we got here, hello, darling, yes, darling, yes, hashtag cancel me, we got Mr. Joey here, Ortiz, how you doing? Uh, Selena Kyle's here, how you doing, Miss Rosemary? It's your birthday today, right? Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you. So, I remember seeing that on Twitter, I believe. So, Miss um, Scully, not a member anymore, sorry, but hopefully still welcome. Yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Every little bit helps, that's, it's, I'm not, you know, it's, it's whatever. If you want to become a member, that's fine. You want to join the Patreon, that's fine too. It just adds a little bit to the film junkie empire, I guess you could say. It just helps it along. Uh, is that a what? A shoe? Is that what's going on there? It's so cool. Yeah, it's actually it's pretty fun. I, th I think it's pretty fun. So, <laughs> but anyways, all right, guys, welcome to Film Junkie Lab. Of course, hopefully you guys had a good Tuesday. Like I said, day job today was a little bit of like uh, you know it was going good. 
And then I just wanted to pull my hair out. Just one of those kind of days where all of a sudden you realize, oh, shit, <laughs> that's not supposed to happen. So, yeah, it was just something like that. So, but luckily we're all right. Happy birthday songs. Uh, Pacific is in the Pacific is a great version of the song. Yeah. Uh, not mine. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. When's your birthday? Tell me, Jacob. I'll, I'll, if you want me to sing to you, I'll sing to you. I mean, that's up to you. If you want, to, want me to sing to you, that's perfectly fine. I will sing to you. I'm not shy. Oh, it's December 1st. Oh, okay, so Rosemary, your birthday technically is tomorrow, but I think you live in the UK, right? So it is tomorrow, right? Yeah, it's December 1st. Oh, it was yesterday. So technically, I, it's still your birthday here. So that's what works. Anyways, birthdays, hopefully you're doing something fun. But um, yeah, we'll be talking about some stuff here. We'll talk about the Matrix. I figured, well, we had this big, huge article that came out with the interviews with uh, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss and all that stuff. We have some new images. Sorry. We have some new images that came out from the movie. I just, what I worry about, I just don't want this movie to get outshined. You know, I don't. I love the Matrix. I love the Matrix trilogy, the Matrix world. You know, I'm talking about everything, whether it's Enter the Matrix video game or Animatrix, all that stuff. Uh, so I just want to, I don't want people to just be like, oh yeah, that's coming out because of all the Spider-Man talk. I mean, yes, of course, we're going to be talking about Spider-Man a lot in December because that is the movie to see. But I just, hopefully, I just really hope that the Matrix just doesn't get just left there like, yeah, no one cares. It's like, come on, it's a Matrix. It's the Matrix, says that one guy says at the end of it. So, you know, we just got to talk about the Matrix. That's what it is. Your birthday is August 26th. Well, okay. Well, when that date comes around, I'll try to remember. <laughs> I'll try to remember, and I'll wish you a happy birthday. Ah, fuck Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just nonstop. It's going to be nonstop Spider-Man for a while, which, you know, I got my tickets secured. Looking forward to it. I don't need to see anything else, but, yeah, let's face it. It's going to be talking about it. We'll be talking about it, of course. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see when reviews come out. Because I, I honestly think that when it comes to reviews now, I think, yeah, there's always going to still be those, uh, you know, those MCU dick writers out there and all that stuff. But, you know, I think some of that love has been kind of lost a little bit when it comes to reviews. If you look at Eternals and and uh, and uh, I mean, it just seems like the, the critics are not as not as like up their ass and just writing that MCU dick as they usually do. So. That's, that was kind of telling. When it came to Eternals, that was pretty telling. That just kind of showed you that it was like, all right, hey, wait a minute. Marvel doesn't always appeal to it. And I thought that's, I mean, that's we talked about that a lot, too, those reviews. Um, and, you know, some people just flat out hated it. I didn't think it was, like, horrible. I still, I still want to watch it again just to see, like, okay, how do I feel about it this time? How do I feel about it? So Team Matrix, there you go, guys. Team Matrix, that's what it's all about, so. Anyways, all right, so let's get in. Let's get into it. But of course, we got the the four main topics. But you know, when we go to the tweets, sometimes some other topics come about, and uh, we got a couple of those too. But uh, also excited about you know Army of the Dead synopsis that just came out, and then we got you know of course Ridley Scott. Just uh, I mean the the Joe Mang thing is disappointing, which a lot of you know which we'll talk about. But yeah. But then, of course, you got the Ridley Scott thing, man. That guy, he does not give a fuck. Let's, let's, just, let's just say it. He doesn't give a fuck. And he shouldn't. He's Ridley Scott, okay? 
I mean, guy's just top-tier filmmaker, and uh, lately he's just been kind of just going, fuck everything. I do what I want to do. And he can. He's like, what, 83, 84? I think he just he had a birthday today, I think, too. Hey, Rosemary, I think you have uh, the same birthday as Ridley Scott, so I think that's the case. Or it's a day apart. Who knows? But anyways, let's go to the Twitch. Ah, Team Yaya. I haven't seen Candyman yet. I will, though. What I'd like to do is have a double feature because I saw the first Candy. I haven't seen the first, the original Candyman in such a long time. So I'd want to watch that first, and then I'll watch the uh, the new one. Uh, I just never got into Candyman as much as some of the other stuff, but I definitely will check it out. It's just some things I still got to catch up with, that's for sure. So, anyways, all right, let's go do some tweets here, huh? Let me make sure. Boop. All right, that's all good. Let's go to the tweets. That's not the tweets. Oops, that's my thumbnail. That's where am I at? Here we go. All right, guys, going to the tweets right here. All right, see what happened in the Twitter world today. Eh, it's kind of slow, uh, except for a fucking asteroid. It's going to wipe us all out. That's right, guys. Concerning asteroid will break into Earth's orbit in a week. NASA. This is scary. I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep because I miss you, babe. And I don't want to miss a thing. Come on, Armageddon. I mean, who do you want to send up there? You want to send up Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck? Let's fucking, let's do it. And thank you, uh, Shanzi. Shanzi, you just became a new member. I don't have my uh, chats pulled up, but thank you for becoming a new member. Appreciate it. Um... Anyways, this is a little bit scary, but yeah, apparently, <laughs> apparently, yeah, we need Ben Affleck, we need uh, Bruce Willis, or I mean, there was also Deep Impact too. I, I forgot who was on that ship. What was one of the Baldwin brothers on that ship? Uh, NASA has warned that a giant asteroid bigger than the Eiffel Tower will break into Earth's orbit in just over a week. Well, that's better than the size of Texas, okay? Because that's what Billy Bob said in Orm again. It's the size of Texas, sir. So Eiffel Tower, less damage. The huge 1,082-foot space rock is heading our way and should skim past on December 11th. NASA has its eye on asteroid 466 Nereus because it's well over 492. Okay, so it's, it's a small, it's relatively small. <laughs> it won't do that much damage at least, so, but yeah. But, yeah, there's that. There's also something else that was pretty scary that came across the timeline, too. But, man, well, I'd say why not? Everybody's all crazy. Let nature take its course. Uh, and then uh, make sure you tune into uh, Squadcast, DC Squadcast. Of course, uh, Tim and Scott talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League and Restore the Snyderverse. So they got a new episode up. Go check, take a listen. And then Yaya, speaking of Yaya... Uh, we talked about it yesterday, how Yaya is no longer going to be in the Furiosa prequel to, of course, Mad Max Fury Road, um, because he's just in high demand. The guy is making shit happen, and look what he's making happening over at Netflix. I'm telling you, Netflix is just trying to just, it just has the doors open for everyone. Hey, you've been treated poorly by other studios? Well, here you go. That's right. We're going to treat you just right. Yaya Abdul-Mateen II has started his own production company, House 1110, and has inked a creative partnership with Netflix to star in and produce films for the streamer. This is probably one of the reasons why he had a drop out of the Furiosa movie. 
I'm sure that was a struggle, but hey, guys making shit happen. So I'm all about it. I'm all about it. Uh, I'm all about it. All right, Randy. Randy Pena. That's right, buddy. I'm, I think we're related somehow. Uh, all right, you tagged me with the uh, the TV commercials? Yeah, we'll bring that up uh, when I start talking about The Matrix. I appreciate that, buddy, because I didn't have any of the, uh, the TV spots ready to go. Clay Stab. Stab. I always say his name wrong. He tweeted this out. Of course, a lot of people, of course, you know, with some of his cryptic tweets. But he tweeted this out, and this is just absolutely beautiful. So beautiful. Some Batflex stuff. I believe that close-up is, I think that's one of the very detailed figures that they have of Batflex. But it still looks so fucking awesome because they got the goddamn stubble. They got the stubble in there, man. They got the stubble. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's what's that's what makes Ben's Batman so great. It's got the stubble, you know, it's a real man. It's a real man. But yeah, it's a good image right there. I like that. Talk about an image. It is. OK. Um, so anyways, <laughs> Nicholas Cage. Oh, I love the Nicholas Cage, whatever you want to call it. But man, Nicholas Cage will star as Dracula opposite Nicholas Holtz Renfield in the upcoming Universal Monster movie. Man, this guy's been making B-roll movies for the last, like, fucking seven years, and now he's going to play Dracula. Look at this, guys. I love it. I am going to play Dracula. Yeah. It's my Nicolas Cage impression. If you don't like it, well, fuck you. Anyways, Nicolas Cage, just our, of course, in this exclusive, Nicolas Cage has made a career of biting into his roles with seemingly reckless and banded. Even as he strayed further and further from studio movie making and sunk his teeth into indie cinema. Yeah, I haven't I need to watch some of his latest stuff that has been absolutely goddamn fantastic. Uh, now in a deal sealed uh, with a vamp with a vampire's kiss cage is returning to a big studio movie and will play the meaty role of Dracula in Universal Pictures monster movie Renfield. Nicholas Holt is starring as a titular character, the vampires counts infamous uh acolyte uh, and henchman and and in the feature directed by chris mckay that's right chris mckay who directed uh, the tomorrow war on the course lego batman movie and who was supposed to give us a nightwing movie by the way so guess that's not happening mckay and robert kirkman are producing along with david albert brian first and sean first mckay's producing partner samantha nizenbaum is executive producing the character of Renfield originated in Bram Stoker's 1871 novel Dracula as a patient in the asylum obsessed with drinking blood diluted into thinking he will find immortality. He bows at the feet of Dracula, who, in the very definition of toxic work environments and codependent relationships, feeds him insects and rats and dangles everlasting life in front of him. It's going to be fantastic. Come on. Nicholas Cage as Dracula. Come on. I cannot wait for this. This is going to be awesome right here, man. Ah, I love it. I absolutely love it, you know, because like I said, he's been doing indie and B-roll movies for like the past, like, you know, decade. And now he's like, all right, it's time to get Nick Cage full on. Let's let's put him in an iconic role. And why not have him play Dracula? Come on. I like it. I'm looking forward to it. I know you guys are, too. And if you're not, well, God damn it. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Anyways. Um, hey, look at that. Uh, apparently uh, in Mission Impossible 8, Tom Cruise is going to be fi- flying some uh, some kind of plane. Uh, 
some kind of plane, uh, you know, an old-timey type plane, which, yes, I'm sure he's absolutely doing that. He's absolutely flying it. There's not going to be any green screen because Tom Cruise is a nutcase, and I love it, and we all love it. So, yeah, that's just something. I guess they haven't wrapped yet. They're still filming Mission Impossible. I thought they wrapped it, but, yeah, that came across the feed. But anyways, uh, and here's one of the uh, most awesome, uh, iconic action stars out there. Or characters, I should say. And hot, too. Come on, let's face it. And Sigourney Weaver, Weaver is still hot. If you guys saw Ghostbusters Afterlife, you know, there is she does show up in a scene. She still looks great. And uh, let's face it, she was always badass. And right there, her just sipping on that in her jumpsuit. Hot! It's fucking hot. That's right. I mean, not as hot as at the end of Alien when she's wearing, like, really low panties and, you know, and just like a tank top. Yeah, as she fights the alien at the end. That's pretty awesome, I will say. I mean, that, that scene made me a man. Let's just, let's, let's just face facts right there. It's, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty great. There's nothing wrong with being hot and being badass at the same time, all right? Nothing wrong with that. Just saying. Uh, and then here's the other one. Here's the other thing that was a little bit scary today that you saw on the feed. I mean, who knows? It might be all bullshit, but apparently, according to the Blaze right here, the world's first living robots developed with AI and stem cells are now able to reproduce, scientists say. <laughs> so we have an asteroid that's going to reach orbit, and we got little tiny little microbots, I guess, uh, little living robots developed with AI and stem cells that are procreating, Okay. So they're reproducing. We're, we're just done for. We're done for, guys. Okay, first we're going to have an asteroid that's going to maybe wipe half the population out, and then we're going to have these robots that are going to wipe out, uh, you know, another quarter of the population. So, um, yeah, start training now, guys. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, uh, of course, we'll talk about this. But, yeah, this is, this is kind of part of, like, the, the whole Matrix talk right here. But Jessica Henwick who, of course, is in The Matrix and who is very much in high demand, it seems. She passed up a role in Shang-Chi. She passed up a role in Shang-Chi to be in The Matrix Re Resurrections. Good choice. Even though I liked Shang-Chi a lot, great choice. You can't pass up. It's the fucking Matrix, man. It's The Matrix. Yeah. It's The Matrix. So, we'll see. <clears throat> what? Those tweets? Share those tweets? I will share those tweets. Don't worry. Um, headline. This is a pretty good headline, too. Yeah, we'll talk about that. That's one of the things. And look at this, guys. Look at this. Batgirl has begun filming as of today. So, obviously, this was posted right here. And uh, anytime that a director from one of these movies posts something like this, you have to start looking around. Obviously, the first thing you see is Officer Barbara Gordon, which is good. This is obviously going to be her office, it seems, her desk or whatever. So uh, it's interesting to see, like, what's when we look around here. So we, of course, have her name right there. We have some books, uh, you know, a notebook or a diary or something like that. She's got a couple of those. Code book right there, the code book. Not sure if that means something. She has, like, uh, one of those old-timey, like, screens where you're looking up, uh, what, where you're kind of going through like old newspaper clippings, a bunch of uh, stuff, you know, kind of uh, not organized files going on right there. Uh, these little handles. Right, I know some people were thinking, oh, my God, is that a wheelchair? Is that a wheelchair? No. Well, why would they have a Batgirl movie where she's already Oracle? They wouldn't do that. They would not do that. And uh, so it's got to be some kind of workout equipment, right? 
Something tells me the fact that if she has some kind of workout equipment in her office, that means she is very busy and very and very much is obsessed with the work that she is doing. And so she has to find time to work out in her office. So that makes sense. And then I don't know, some, it looks like almost Christmassy like tinsel shit that's going on right there. Not sure. I don't know. But they're starting off with scene 19, apparently. So which I guess takes place in the office of Barbara Gordon. But what's interesting too, guys, what's very what's pretty damn interesting. Oh, man, I did I get rid of it. Uh, which one is it? Yeah, this right here. So so one of the directors, Fala Bilal, I can never, you know, you know me, I'm very bad with names. Um, if you look at the arrow, he did hashtag Batman. Now, that doesn't exactly mean anything. Doesn't mean that, yes, we are going to, in fact, get Batman in there. But come on, how do we not get Batman in here? Again, I even said this yesterday. How does Ben not show up? How does Ben not show up to do? I mean, just how badass would it be if... We had just flashback scenes. I don't know. When it comes to this movie, is Batgirl going to be, is this going to be a full-on, like, when we start off the story, is she going to already be Batgirl? Or are we going to warm up to it? Are we going to flash back to see when she becomes Batgirl? That's what I'm kind of wondering when it comes to the plot and the story. Like, how how linear is the story? Because obviously, yes... I mean, obviously, yeah, there's going to be some kind of origin story, but is it going to go to the flashback kind of way? And that would be kind of cool if you saw flashbacks of her and Ben just fucking training. Ah. And then even my Ben and Gordon on top of the. Oh, I just there's some endless possibilities right there. But the fact that he put Batman right there doesn't necessarily mean that. Batman's going to be in there, but, you know, I think, you know, obviously Batman's a popular hashtag, so why not put that in there? But at the same time, I'm just kind of going like, well, ah, please, please let that be the case. Please let that be the case. Ah, so, but what I also like, too, is the purple bat logo. Very much uh, Jim Lee-esque. Very much a Jim Lee-esque type logo, type bat right there. In fact, it kind of looks almost like it is the Jim Lee bat. It kind of kind of does. It's got the uh, just the way that the yeah the bat logo is with the wings spread out like that. Very much uh, very much Jim Lee esque. Now it doesn't exactly mean that that's what's going to be like on her chest, but it probably I'm guessing that's the case right there. But you got the font right there. Essentially, you full on got the logo. They're not doing some like running title or some you know the working title as they call it. And they actually have a full-on logo. So that's pretty cool that we're actually, we actually got a full-on logo. So, yeah, no, 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 no. There's no way that it can be Keaton. I'm telling you, I'm really hoping that it's not. I'm hoping that it's not Keaton either. I really hope that that's the case. I know some people are worried about that, but it's just like when you have J.K. Simmons that is 100% confirmed to be in the movie, I just go like, no, there's no way that it can be. No way. No way. And, of course... Of course, people freaking out about this, people freaking out about this a little bit, but, uh, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't go crazy with this, but, um, Kersey Clemens says filming the flash felt weird. Iris has grown up and is a different version than what I may have had an idea of who she would be. It was just a discovery and it was really exciting. So I saw some people kind of complain about this. 
that the fact that I don't know if there's any like really much more with the quote, but yeah, Kirsty Clemens talking about talking about this uh, and everything, just like a full on interview that they had with her. So if you scroll down, but I know a lot of people are going like, oh, my God, they totally changed her. They changed. They changed. Iris, they changed her. She's not going to be like she's not Zack Snyder's Iris. So it's not my Iris. No, 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 no. And apparently, too, uh, Kirsty Clemens, she doesn't have a Twitter. I just have my sneaky Twitter that I use to go on and retweet about like the news or something uh, like black Twitter's funny. Yeah. So she has she has a secret burner account, guys, on Twitter. So it's interesting. Interesting. But uh, where's the quote at? Somewhere in here. I don't know. It's somewhere. Uh, shut down. I got a lab. I don't know. Honestly, it's been so long. Yeah, right. Right there. Yeah. Okay. So right here it says, honestly, it's been so long. I initially came on to the movie. Exci- uh, movie excited to work with who was uh, the director at the time, <laughs> but also excited to be in a superhero movie. Now it's less about the movie. I'm excited for Andy, who's our director now, but now it's more so I'm excited for people who are excited and who have been commenting on my photos, Iris West, for five years. Like, are you joking? This is for them. So, yeah, talking about that, and then uh, I'm not going to lie. I've been filming, and I've been distant from my phone. Yeah, she's been busy, 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 busy. So she talks about that, and, uh, yeah, man, I mean, it sounds like she's pretty excited, but you guys, I mean, nobody freak out about this. I know there's just some people, I mean, with anything that's happening, everybody just wants to be like, up, oh, yep, yep, they rebooted, they rebooted. But you know what my question was when I, when I see, because I remember even somebody posted about it too, is like, you know, one of the things that Kirstie Clemens did, and this comes to that whole debate about, like, if you stand with Ray Fisher or not, can you actually be excited for the future of the movies? Kirstie Clemens, she tweeted out, hashtag I stand with Ray Fisher, and is still in this movie and is still hyping up the Flash movie, even though Ray Fisher was supposed to be in it. I mean, that's one of those things where I kind of, like, when, when when there's a whole debate of, like, you can't support this movie and support Ray Fisher at the same time, I just kind of go, like, well, what about, remember, she kind of did that, too, you know? It's awkward. It's awkward. Uh, but but I usually get what I, the logic that I usually get is, like, well, the actors got to, you know, they got to, you know, they got to work and blah, blah, blah. So fans, so I could be called racist or whatever the hell for not, for supporting the flash but people involved you know that are getting paid by warner brothers yeah they get a they're fine they're fine but you know what can you do yeah what can you do you know just the way it is guys but it's all good you know looking forward looking forward to seeing what's going to be happening in the flash and iris she's gonna have a bigger role it's gonna be interesting i mean obviously i mean we only saw her for you know i was actually shocked about i thought she was going to show up again in justice league but, uh, you know, sadly she didn't. But I thought she was going to be in, like, another scene, at least one other. But the scene she was in was absolutely magical, and we all know it. Anyways, because of this man right here, that's right, you sexy bitch. Cool guy, right? Guy, he rocks that beard pretty well, that, that untamed kind of I haven't shaved in two weeks. I love it. I love it. So, ah, and then we got Batman and Green Goblin right here. Just, uh, you know, if you guys haven't seen uh, The Lighthouse, do yourself a favor. It's pretty good. And then check this out, guys. I don't know if you guys saw this. Do I have my audio on? Sorry. Um, this, these guys right here are literally fighting over uh, Spider-Man tickets. 
This is hap this actually happened. This actually happened. Talk about nerdisms right here. Full on two fights were happening right here. Apparently. Crazy. This was like uh, being passed around everywhere. People fighting. Because of Spider-Man tickets, apparently. <laughs> ah. You gotta love humanity, right? Dude, just got kicked in the face. In the face. Just a movie, guys. Just a movie. Relax. Relax. It's just a movie. That's all. But it all resolved. Everybody walked away, it seems. Everybody's fine. Probably a little sore the next day, but Jesus Christ, guys. Fuck. If this is over movie tickets, I mean, my God. But then again, what do you expect? We've been in a fucking pandemic for almost two years now. People have been locked up. That's what's going to happen. It's just what's going to happen. So, yeah, here's one of the TV spots I retweeted earlier. And, uh, yeah, so there's that. Look at these sexy bitches right here. Of course, we'll talk about that. This is pretty funny. <laughs> uh, uh, somebody, of course, put uh, put Leo Leo from uh, Django Unchained right here. Of course, that meme put him on uh, a Ghostbuster for Ghost, even though he's not exactly a ghost right there yet uh, in the movie. But, you know, semantics, semantics. And yes, I showed off my bruise today. Get out there and get it. I just say people I just tell people I, I was fighting crime. That's all. I was fighting crime. So there, of course, uh, my uh, legendary shoulders as I post, you know. I always post my shoulders sometimes. This is pretty crazy right here. So you want to know how this scene was uh, made right here. One of the funniest scenes in Scott Pilgrim, this scene right here. This scene right here. And that's how they did it. I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah, it's pretty cool. So a little behind the scenes right there. This scene always makes me, this this part always cracks me up in this scene right here. Always cracks me up. But that's how they did it. That's how they did it. I love it. I love it. And this is pretty cool right here, too. It's a cool gif. For some reason, like, this is, like, the new thing is, like, adding, like, electronic, like, all this charge on people. But, yeah, look at that. It's pretty badass. Good job. Sam Gallant. I like it. I like it. So, all right. I think that's pretty much it right there when it comes to that. Back to it. All right. Let's talk about that first topic, which, of course, is the Matrix Resurrections. I tell you, some of these images give me a fucking erection. That's for damn sure. Ah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. All right. Uh, what are you guys arguing about? You guys arguing about scoopers? Wannabe scoopers? Yeah. Nope, I didn't turn off that. Wanna be scoopers too? Well, don't do that. But anyways, yeah, let's talk about Matrix Resurrections. God damn it, turn that off too. Um, so we're like again, like I said at the beginning, I don't I don't want this movie to fall to just be people like, oh yeah, are we gonna go see that? I really hope this movie gets like a pretty good water mouth and has some good legs. You know, because let's face it, Spider-Man's just gonna I we've already talked about it, how it's probably gonna cross a billion. But I just ho really hope that the um, Matrix Resurrections really just hits it hard too, because um, it's within it's like within a week of each other. So that's what's rough. That's what's rough about it. So, but Entertainment Weekly 
posted a new uh, article where they interviewed the cast members, specifically the two main cast members, Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. So here it is right here. They have a cool little video thing opening. Yeah, photo shoot and everything. Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss resurrect a 20-year love story with Matrix 4.0. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, I just got that COVID in my throat. I got the uh, I got the Decepticon version in my throat. Is that what they call it? What are they calling the new variant? The Decepticon or whatever? Anyways, uh, Keanu Reeves is jet-lagged. The 57-year-old. 57! Crazy. That man is 57 years old. All I know is he's 20 years older than me. And if I could look even as ha half as good as he does at 57, I, I think I'll be all right. I think I'll be all right. I just don't want to look like this guy, the guy who wrote this article. Anyways, um, yeah, he arrived. Yeah, yeah he's jet lagged uh, where he was filming the fourth John Wick movie. Yeah, remember, guys, we have a fourth John Wick movie. At one point, remember, we were they, they were going to release and we all knew it wasn't going to actually happen. Happen, but I think we all accepted the fact that at one point before the fucking apocalypse began, the Matrix Four, Matrix Resurrections, and John Wick Four were going to be released on you know during the same weekend. And I think all of us would have gladly made a double feature out of it. It would have been awesome because it's Keanu fucking Reeves, man. Getting his picture taken uh, doesn't rank high on Reeves' list of favorite things. Yes. Yeah, Keanu Reeves' favorite things to do is to be just a fucking decent human being and just help other people out. It's awesome. He doesn't want to take pictures. No. Uh, it never has. But he looks up and smiles when a, a pair of comforting hands rest on his shoulders. They belong to Carrie Ann Moss, uh, his longtime co-star from the Matrix movies, positioning herself behind him for the shot. There's an ease between them that comes from 20-plus years of friendship, a friendship that began in the late 90s when the pair met on the genre-redefining sci-fi film that turned out to be so influential, it single-handedly introduced phrases like glitch in the matrix and red-pilling to the pop culture lexicon. Yes! And that's, that's one of the things, so that's why The Matrix, the first Matrix, is one of my all-time favorite movies. I still remember when I saw... My, uh, the very first trailer, it was more of a TV spot. It was during the Super Bowl. It was during the Super Bowl in, uh, I believe, in 1999. I just remember I, I, didn't, I wasn't at any whatever. I was a kid. So, I, of course, I wasn't on any part. I was just at home. Nothing, nothing was happening. I was just watching the Super Bowl. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, this TV spot for The Matrix just shows up. And I'm seeing this dude in a trench coat and sunglasses dodging bullets. What the fuck is this? And then I finally got to see it, and it ended up being like fucking like my favorite movie for probably a good good stretch, and it's it's one of my all time favorite movies because it just like they said it redefined the sci fi genre, took it to a whole another level. Moss calls their connection effortless. We've been through this experience together as partners, says the actress, and she's fifty four. She's fifty four. These two. They're still so sexy, so sexy. Keanu, Carrie, so sexy. I mean, my God. Their unique bond made 1999's, uh, oh, no, she said, the only way I can describe it is like a soul friendship. Aw, soul friendship. Aw, how, how beautiful is that? Now, uh, they, they, see, we all live in the Matrix. This is just another level in the Matrix. They actually live in real life. That's why they, they're ageless. Their unique bond made 1990s, 
1999's The Matrix, what it is today, and The Matrix, in turn, changed the course of movie making on the eve of a new millennium. I know. How perfect was it was the fact that The Matrix came out, redefined cinema right at the start of the new millennium. Crazy. First film inspired by then-geekier genres like cyberpunk and anime envisioned a grim future in which our world, unbeknownst to us, has been taken over by machines using a simulated reality. Artificial intelligence keeps humans docile enough to harvest for energy. At the center of the brainy high concept was Reese Neo, a bored office worker moonlighting as a computer hacker who escapes the simulation and Moss's Trinity, a woman from the real world with the ability to jack into the Matrix, not to mention a talent for executing gravity-defying combat moves while clad in slick black leather. Hot! Hot! So hot. Uh, but yeah, after years, uh, neither star would have guessed that they'd be back together talking about yet another sequel, The Matrix Resurrections, which lands in theaters on HBO Max December 22nd. Please go see it out in the movie theaters if you can. If you can. How could they? Sibling directors uh, Lana and Lily Wachowski, the architects of the franchise, were firm in their resolve that the first three installments would serve as a complete trilogy, definitely ending um, 2000. Ending in 2003 with The Matrix Revolutions and a two decade old spoiler with both Trinity, uh, Neo and Trinity dying at the end. That's what's going to be interesting. When asked why he agreed to return to the series after a nearly two decade hiatus, Reeves offers a very simple explanation. We had filmmakers who you wanted to say yes to. He says, plus he adds, we had material that you wanted to commit to to give everything that you could to. The actual journey to Resurrections, however, was a little bit more complicated than that. At a Berlin, screen, Berlin screenwriting panel back in September, Lana said that every year Warner Brothers would ask her and Lily to make another Matrix movie, but they always declined. In 2017, screenwriter Zach Penn, and I remember this because I was excited for it, revealed that he was working on an undisclosed Matrix project without the involvement of the Wachowskis, who had stepped away from their feature filmmaking after the disastrous reception of 2015's Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, sadly, Jupiter Ascending had beautiful cinematography, but the execution just wasn't there. Channing Tatum, Mila Kunis, bad choices, and then what's-his-name who played the villain? Oh, my God. Anyways, Lily told The Hollywood Reporter in 2020... That corporate interfe- uh, interference on her films pushed her to a breaking point. Instead of continuing her collaboration with Lana, she said that she needed to reconnect with herself as an artist by going back to school and working on other projects. And this is, of course, uh, Jada Pickett Smith right here, who says The Matrix was a revolutionary film, and giving that the uh, that legacy to someone else, I think, would have been a horrendous mistake. Yeah, exactly. For Lana, it was a series of tragic, life-altering events that eventually changed her mind, the death of her parents and close friend. I didn't really know how to process that. Ugh, I hate it when it jumps like that. Jesus. That grief, that kind of grief. I hadn't experienced it that closely. The, Matrix, the Matrix's characters, have they gave her comfort. I couldn't have my mom and dad. I couldn't have my mom and dad. Yet suddenly I had Neo and Trinity, arguably the most, two most, Important characters in my life. Uh, what'd you say, Randy? Did you know the Rachowskis were supposed to direct and launch the DCEU before Zack Snyder was considered? Also, Neo and Superman are extremely similar. That's very true. 
It's very true. So profound change has always been the central has always been central to the Matrix universe. The Wachowskis came out as trans and underwent gender reassignment surgery in year in the years since Reloaded and Revolutions, both hit theaters in twenty in two thousand three. I still remember watching both of those in the same year, which was awesome. This awakening may have been an unspoken part of the Matrix since the beginning. Reeves remembers the early drafts of the original script that featured a character who entered the Matrix world as a different sex. I think the studio wasn't ready for that. And you know what? And even going back to Yaya, I mean, if you guys saw that Black Mirror episode where Yaya and, uh, and um, uh, Anthony, uh, Anthony Mackie, their, their episode where they play different characters and they have a loving relationship in, inside the computer world. Look at that. Technology, uh, paradoxically, uh, brought us together while, brought us together while also isolating or in, in, in cult, I can't even read right now. Jesus Christ. But yeah, she's talking about how the new technology has kind of brought it all back together. The power of technology to trap or limit our subjective reality has an important part of the new narrative for Matrix Resurrections. That's what I always wondered. How would the, re how would the Matrix play out 20 years later with all this technology and the internet the way it is now? Because again, back in 1999, the internet was like was starting to be a thing, but it wasn't like the thing it is now, especially with social media. So I always was curious how they would actually bring the Matrix world into modern day. And that's what's really intriguing me about the movie right here. It's what's really intriguing me. So that life now includes Bugs, uh, a blue-haired gunslinger with a white rabbit tattoo. When she when she crosses Neo's path, we get more clues about just why Lana felt so compelled to return to the Matrix. Art is a mirror. That's right. There's also quite meta treatment that uh, very question in the film. Yes, the meta treatment. It's gonna, this movie's going to be so meta. We already know that there's going to be another level where there's actually where Keanu Reeves' character, Neo, is essentially, I don't know, I guess he is a movie star. That's why that, you know, his agent or whoever that guy is, is like, which, you know, that has double meanings too. His agent, go back to the Matrix. That's what's like uh, interesting. It's going to be a little bit of last action hero kind of-esque with the Matrix. We all know that there's, if you watch the trailer, you see behind in like that club scene, you actually see scenes from the first Matrix movie. That's what's crazy about that. Uh, Hen Henwick, 29, promises a new tone and a new look that makes Resurrections more vibrant and joyous. Reeves, too, was struck by how much humor is in it. Uh-oh! Uh-oh, guys! He said humor. It's funny. I know that might turn some people off, but hey, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Don't freak out. But that doesn't mean Neil will be cracking quips like Tony Stark. See? See, there you go. So don't worry. It's throwing down the Matrix gauntlet again. It's super smart, clever, entertaining, uh, suspenseful, and funny, he says. Adds Watchmen and Candyman star Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, 35. I didn't realize he was 35. I thought he was younger. Who plays Morpheus, a different version of Neo's mentor originated by Lawrence Fishburne. Out of all of the sci-fi things that I've done, Matrix is the one that is the most grounded in reality, ironically. Oh, there are there are uh, all of the high concepts surrounding the Matrix within our story, but really there's so much heart and humanity that is driving the narrative. And here's another shot, too, which is very interesting, because who the fuck is this guy? 
what's going on here? What's going on with the headgear right here? So that's interesting. So we got uh, Miss Henwick right here. We got Morpheus, Yaya right there. She's wearing some headgear too, so that's curious. So that's one of the stills that got released. Emphasis on heart. Not that it needed it, but certainly the depth of why this film got made is a sense of it being a love story between Trinity and Neo. It was Lana's deep connection to the characters that resonated with her stars. Reeves remembers the conversation when Lana first told him about her idea for another sequel. It was one of those phone calls where even though you're at home, you stand up. So Keanu Reeves was like, whoa. He literally went, whoa, when he heard the idea. For her part, Moss saw the movie as a rare opportunity to embody Lana's love. I've never felt that way before where I could see that I am an extension of her heart in playing this role. And then adds uh, Jonathan Groff, of course, who plays the agent. We all know that he, who he is. Uh, when I read the script for the movie, I cried because the idea of watching these two iconic actors in these two iconic parts coming back and fighting to have their love again just wrecked me. So this is going to be one of those love stories where, man, these two sexy bitches right here, man, it's going to be like one of those. Because we felt that love story in the first fucking trilogy, man. Come on. Iconic. Moving along here. I think we're doing it right there. And let's see. Film again 2020. And then, of course, talk about all that. Leap of faith. We have an incredible filmmaker, a visionary. These amazing roles with the kind of storytelling and ideas and promotion of, of thought. A leap of faith. We have a lot of faith in that leap. Moss says that she had a lot of obstacles to overcome before she was able to do the scene. So there's some scenes where she was like, ha huh? Yeah, this is where they're that that scene where you see them leap off the building. Apparently, apparently it was intense. Apparently it was intense. He's like, you really going to do this? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I know I'm going to get there. If we were there, it's not. It's uh, it's not a stunt, jokes Reeves, meaning the stunt pros are the ones who actually do the dangerous stuff. But Scott set up a situation where we could do it, so we did. So apparently, the, <laughs> apparently, uh, Karen Moss and uh, Keanu Reeves doing a lot of their own stunt work, so that's good. But also really enjoyed the challenge. Here's another shot right here, going through that doorway. Look at those PJ pants. So apparently, he got woken up while he was sleeping because he's wearing some pajama pants right there. So that's good. And, uh, yeah, they talk about some other stuff, too. Henrik uh, yeah, sees bugs. It's the audience eyes. So basically her character is going to be like us right there. Keanu taught me so much about the about the agreement of the two people to hit each other but not hurt each other. So talking about fighting, obviously Keanu Reeves knows about fighting. It's like, yeah, you can hit the other actor. Just don't hurt the person. When our fight was over, I felt deeply connected to him in a physical way. Ooh, sounds hot. It's not... Not lost on Groff, who came out publicly as gay in twenty in two thousand nine. I actually didn't know that. And his uh, and he's involved in such an action heavy movie when queer people have not largely been welcomed into the space. That's another testament to Wachowski, who brought back many crew members from Sense Eight, a series that was predominantly featured LGBTQ stories, which welcoming new faces. So obviously, this is both of them fighting right there. So we all know, we all know that Groff's character, who's Keanu's agent, I would say, is actually an agent. Maybe he's the new Agent Smith. 
that that's what I always kind of figured was like he's the new kind of like Agent Smith right here. But that's a pretty badass shot right there. I like it. So you don't have to go through the whole thing. I don't want to bore you guys too much. But look at these two sexy bitches, man. Jesus Christ. They're both in their 50s. They're both in their 50s. Still looking good. Still looking good. So there you go, guys. There's uh, what, what EW just gave us when it came to The Matrix. I'm excited. I'm excited. I am absolutely excited for it because one of my favorite trilogies, and I love all three movies too, by the way. Yes, I know the sequel's not as good. Sure. But they still were pretty damn fantastic. And I will always say too, I will always say, that the action, the action and the fight choreography were uh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, they definitely got um, improved when it came to uh, when it came to the sequel, especially Reloaded. Oops. So, anyways, uh, and then here we go. Thank you, Randy. Here's one of the TV spots that came out. It's a, kind of like a second trailer. Why does this feel like a memory? Like I have been waiting my whole life for you. A little bit more. Maybe this isn't the story we think it is. Not the best quality, but I never it's believed I was the one. So he even says to one. What do you believe? What do you believe? I still know Kung Fu. <laughs> okay. I still know Kung Fu. So there you go. That's going to be a line. I like it. Do you believe? Interesting shot right here. What is happening? Somebody... I just saw that right there. It almost seems like someone's jacked into the matrix, but then something explodes. So that's going to be interesting. That shot caught my eye. What do you believe? What do you believe? I still know Kung Fu. I still know Kung Fu. I like it. I like it a lot. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Can't wait. Don't sleep on this, guys. Don't sleep on this, guys. You really need to watch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Keanu's takes, uh, the blue pill this time. Yeah, I know. Apparently it takes a lot of blue pills and I think there's like symbolic of like what's happening when it comes to all that. But anyways, I'm super excited. So good interview, good, uh, topics. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with it. You know, I'll be there opening night for sure. All right. Now let's talk about something that's kind of disappointing. Joe Mang, Joe Mang talking about Deathstroke, but he's also talks about army of the dead, Las Vegas as well. Um, so, you know, uh, even though that, you know, he talked about Deathstroke, he also talked about, you know, an, uh, another, another, uh, project from Zack Snyder. So at least there's that. So here's, here it is right here. Interview Joe Manganiello, uh, talks the spine of night, his love of pro wrestling. So that was the main, the main take from this, but naturally, obviously talking about the new movie, which is cool, but a couple other things he talked about. We've been seeing you do a lot more voice acting lately. You've got Army of the Dead, Lost Vegas coming up. What have you been finding out about getting to go into the booth and do voiceover? So they ask him about that. Doesn't really talk too much about the movie, but they do bring up Army of the Dead, which is great. Whether it's Army of the Dead, but, but you know, he, he answers that. He answered that right here. Talks a little bit of, you know, talks some Spider-Man as well. Uh, Magic Mike, and then right here, and then right here, guys, this is, this is the kicker right here, and it's the last thing, too. You got to reprise the role of Deathstroke for the Snyder Cut of Justice League. Are you still optimistic that you'll get to portray him more in depth down the line? 
No. I let that go a while ago. Joe! Ugh. Say it ain't so, Joe. Say it ain't so. Uh, that one sucks. That sucks, man. That sucks. So he gave that up a while ago, is what he's saying. Man, remember remember when we were doing the whole, I mean, it had, okay, a while ago, when was Justice Con? Justice Con, Justice Con was, uh, what, during the summer a little bit? I wouldn't say it was a while ago. Okay, I think he was over embellishing maybe a little bit because he was still very much during that time, like the beginning of summer, whenever that was, he was still very much talking about a lot of that. He was still very much talking about Deathstroke. He was talking about story details when it came to Ben's Batman script. He was still very much talking about it. I mean, I got to interview the guy and got some Deathstroke stuff out of him, which was pretty cool. He seems like he wasn't, he hadn't let go of it then, but seems like now he's just kind of going, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe after the last push, the last push for a Deathstroke series to happen. Remember, he actually, he's tweeted out the hashtag. He did. I think after all the buzz kind of like tampered down, like, you know, just came down a little bit after Zack Snyder's Justice League came out and nothing was happening, the phone wasn't ringing, he kind of just went, all right, guess it's not going to happen. Fuck. Ah, that sucks. That sucks. That's sad. Didn't get a shot to do it. I mean, hey, you never know. Maybe like, uh, I don't know, if um, Discovery might just be like, hey, wait a minute, Joe. Wait a minute. I think Joe, no matter what, if, say, Discovery comes in and they kind of go like, well, hey, Joe, what about you doing Deathstroke? Would you be down? I think he would definitely go, yeah, definitely would. But as of right now, it's all just kind of a waiting game when it comes to Discovery. Time fully taken over and everything. So, but yeah. It just kind of shows you right there. I mean, you know, at least we're getting a Peacemaker series. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're kidding that. You know, maybe it'll be fine. I don't know. I mean, his character was kind of funny in the Suicide Squad. But does that warrant an entire series? Not to me. But I guess we'll see. But, uh, yeah, it just kind of sucks because when you heard him talk about his script, and Ben's script and the enthusiasm he had and the fact that he wanted to ground it. He wanted to ground Slade and he wanted to, you know, he didn't want to like go full on superhuman strength kind of thing, but it, you know, it was going to be something pretty fucking fantastic. It was going to be Batman and Deathstroke pretty much. They were like leveled up. They were just the same kind of level of combat, you know, I'm, well, a little bit different, but at the same level of like, and we all know this. We know that when it comes to uh, a villain in, in, in Batman, Deathstroke, it's always been one of those that's going to fucking, you know, he, it's not that he's going to pull. I mean, yeah, he's going to pull some tricks maybe, but, you know, he's also going to he, he's also going to be toe to toe and just be up there with Batman. And we all know that in the Batman script that Slade was going to basically just kind of go buck wild on Bruce Wayne's life. There's some people that were going to get killed, just kind of fuck up his life a little bit, you know. So sadly, I don't know if we're going to see that. Who knows? I don't know if that's ever going to be the case. I mean, <sighs> I mean, we got Ben still doing the Batman stuff, it seems, hopefully. And if he shows up in Batgirl again. And remember, Batgirl was supposed to be in the Batman movie to help take on Deathstroke. Like uh, the final battle was going to have 
Batgirl also involved with it too. So I don't know. It's all it's all so much up in the air, man. All so much up in the air. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, yeah, a little bit of kicking the uh, in the crotch right there here and here and uh, Joe just kind of go like, nah. I gave that up a while ago. It's like, oh man. Ah, but you know, what can he do? What can he do? But we got Army of the Dead, Las Vegas, which Joe was briefly kind of talked about. And we have a little bit of a synopsis, a little bit more of a synopsis. I mean, obviously, we know it's a prequel. We're going to see what happens with, uh, you know, with uh, Scott, Dave Bautista's character, how that all came to be. We're going to see Las, uh, Las Vegas kind of just fall into the zombie apocalypse a little bit more. We're going to get more backstory on uh, Vanderroe and, of course, uh, um, Zeus. And uh, basically, Netflix Geeked was basically tweeting out. Netflix Geek was basically tweeting out a bunch of synopses for their upcoming shows. And here's the Army of the Dead Las Vegas one right here. It says the animated origin of Scott, Dave Batista, and his rescue crew during the initial fall of Vegas as they confront the mysterious source of the zombie outbreak. Jay Oliva will be show running with he and Zack Snyder, each directing two episodes yes cannot wait for this oh it's gonna be fantastic you guys realize this guy i mean this this is why i was kind of talking about it yesterday it's like yeah as much as yeah we want to restore the uh dc snyderverse we're getting fed a snyderverse big time over here we've already had two movies that came out this year now we got an animated a six episode animated series where two of the episodes will be directed by zach and two of them will be directed by jay oliva going to be fantastic and we're going to see we're going to have some questions answered i mean obviously when it came to army of the dead when it came to army of the dead and we saw that mural that was on the olympus the uh, the casino and it basically was a mural of the origin of zeus the origin of this zombie virus that is most likely an alien virus we're going to see all that we're going to see vandero and zeus Come face to face because, you know, you know, and even talking to Richard Citrone when I interviewed him, he kind of was like, yeah, they know each other. They know each other. They have a past. They definitely have a past. So it's pretty exciting. I think it's pretty exciting. And Vanessa Hudgens, she's voicing one of them. I mean, sadly, we don't actually get to see her because, you know. Ah, but, you know. She's still part of it, and it's, you know, Christian Slater's going to be a part of it. Uh, Harry Lennox, uh, you know, it's just going to be a lot of good voice talent that's going to be in there. And I guarantee you that some of those people, if they survived, they're going to show up in Planet of the Dead. That's what's going to happen, too. We're going to get some of these people that are supplying voices that are going to be in Planet of the Dead. So it's going to be absolutely fantastic. (sighs) Okay, the Army Verse doesn't hype you up, but Rebel Moon does. That's good. It's good. It's good. Nothing wrong with that. That's good. As long as one of the Snyder verses, one of the new Snyder verses is hyping me up, that's what's good. But I don't know. I, I, I love the theories that have been coming out when it comes to the army verse. I really that's what I'm really digging about. I love the theories and just talking about it with, you know, with the guys and stuff like that and just coming up with stuff. So it's going to be good. Uh, it's going to be really good. So, yeah, looking forward to it. So and I can't wait to see our first uh, little preview for it, too. That'd be like our first um, like trailer. I wonder when that's going to happen. Hopefully that happens soon. So we'll see. We'll see. And finally, let's talk about, uh, you know, House of Gucci and the Gucci family. Um, you know, not, not the ones that are playing in the movie House of Gucci. 
or I don't think any of them are still alive. Well, no, I think she's still in jail. <laughs> she's still in prison. But uh, let's talk about uh, <laughs> Ridley Scott. Uh, Ridley Scott responds to the Gucci family's dislike of Al Pacino's role. So they didn't like... I don't think they really liked the movie in general, but they didn't. They specifically didn't like Al Pacino's role. You should be fucking lucky. So this is what uh, this is what he had to say about this. Immediately upon the release of House of Gucci, that the heirs of the Gucci family spoke openly about their disgust with the film, including threatening potential legal action after seeing the film. The Gucci family reserved the right to take every initiative necessary to protect their name and image and those of their loved ones. The heirs of former Gucci chairman Aldo Gucci said via THR, the statement went on, uh, the statement went on to say that the family didn't like being portrayed as thugs, ignorant and insensitive to the world around them. Also, Patricia Gucci had also previously stated that casting Al Pacino in the role of her father made her family seem short, fat, and ugly. It's Al Pacino! Come on! Jeez. Needless to say, confronted with these comments, House of Gucci filmmaker Ridley Scott, who isn't someone known for biting his tongue and keeping quiet, had plenty to say in his response to Total Film. The people that were writing, the people that were writing from the family to us at the uh, at the onset were alarmingly insulting, saying that Al Pacino did not represent physically Aldo Gucci in any shape or form. And yet, frankly, how could they be better represented than by Al Pacino? Excuse me, you probably have the best you probably have the best actors in the world, and you should be fucking lucky. Scott went further to preemptively tackle the criticism criticism for some of the portrayals in the film, particularly that of Jared Leto, who is under a ton of makeup and prosthetics for his role as Paolo, Paolo, Paolo Gucci. Come on, Paolo Gucci. Yeah. I think a lot, I think a lot of, uh, a lot of it is comedic. Certainly for the first two acts, Jared Leto, there's not a lot of information about his character, Paolo, but there are pictures of Paolo, and that's exactly what Paolo looks like. We found the pictures, and Jared did what he did and dressed the way Paolo dressed. There's not a lot of Paolo on camera talking, and so that he had to be, to a certain extent, imagined, and clearly Paolo was a very colorful and flamboyant man. Flamboyance of Paolo was quite nicely captured, Scott included, and how could that be offensive? We paid attention to not getting too overt if we can avoid it. So the back and forth continues, but there you go. Ridley Scott. I mean, I will say that when he talked about why uh, The Last Duel was not kind of bombed at the box office, I mean, he did that kind of like that old man, that old man screaming at clouds kind of thing where he was like, these damn kids and their cell phones, they can't stop looking at their cell phones. Now, it wasn't that. It was partly apocalypse and partly bad marketing. A lot of people didn't even know about the movie, but it's just like it's just one of those movies where you're like, well, how is this going to play out? I don't know. Sadly, I didn't see Last Duel, but I, I plan on seeing it because I've heard great things about it. Hey, maybe it'll get some award season stuff, but you got to love the fact that Ridley Scott just kind of puts it out there. I know I like it. But yeah, sometimes he's just like screaming, but he's Ridley fucking Scott. So let him fucking scream. OK, OK. Ah, 
The Last Duel is out now. I don't know. It's been out for a bit. I just didn't catch it because I suck. Because I suck. But anyways, all right. Let's go to the Twitter questions now, boys and girls. See what you guys have to say about that. All right, Mr. Brad Coran, he says, if Zack Snyder's Justice League 2 and 3 do end up happening, do you think Zack's added or will add anything new to the unseen whiteboard layout? Yes, just like he added new stuff to the to the Snyder Cut. Also, do you think Ray Fisher might appear in Rebel Moon? I hope so. Personally, I'd love to see him as a Balisarius so he can uh, show what he can do as a villain. That'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, can you imagine Ray Fisher after coming off of, uh, you know, playing in, like, some of these good guy roles and then going into a villain? That'd be pretty interesting. Andrea, two questions. I watched Zack Snyder's Justice League again, and I keep wondering what was added besides the Nightmare and and uh, Martian Manhunter scenes. I know the effects weren't done. Everything else was filmed back in 2016. Yeah. Um, yeah, the only thing that was additional photography was uh yeah it was the martian manhunter scene and the nightmare scene um i'm just trying to think i mean like i don't anything else they they obviously didn't film with cavill they just used old footage and just re repurposed the footage so yeah uh number two what what you think about what uh kirstie clemens said about the flash movie i think it's fine i don't think there's anything to worry about to be honest i think She's excited to play Iris again, and she. this is like a different kind of movie, and this is, you know, different. you got to realize, that, I mean, she filmed those scenes back, you know, five years ago. And then to, to get the character again, and then, yeah, it's a little bit different. Joseph? Joseph. Cornelius. I am super down for Zack's story to come out in graphic novel form. There's a perfect artist for it, Liam Sharp who has a very uh, gnarly uh, 80s fan fantasy novel cover look, and he did one of the, yes, I, I had this, I have this one too. Yeah, he'd be a good, uh, he'd be a good artist to uh, get on there too. I think he can capture a lot of that. Like I said, it's all about, if, if that does happen, it's just all about who, uh, who can just really capture what Zach was trying to put on the big screen. Uh, as far as Deathstroke, thing goes it's super deflating but we're only just getting new stuff from the likes of ezra ben kersey and jk simmons i feel like we all just need to be patient a little patience yeah ryan well will you be having the gnomes brothers back on the vox stream it's beginning to look a lot like christmas and the masterpiece that is fat man is such a great flick yeah, I wouldn't mind talking to those guys again. See what they're up to. I wonder if they're if they're if the sequel's coming. Because when I talked to the the Nelms brothers, they talked about how they would like to uh, further uh, explore the world of the Fat Man universe. So that'd be pretty cool. Javier, sup, Dave? Today's my birthday. Can I get a song? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Javier. Happy birthday to you. There you go. And same to you, Rosemary, if you're still there. All right, VF. Do you think that Walter Hamada has something to do with the cancellation of the Deathstroke movie? Probably. Fucking cacksecca. Q. Gotta take a hit. If someone dies in a living room, is it still a living room? It's a good question. I don't know if you want to call it the dead room. That's for damn sure. 
I like it. Edward, kind of sucks. Joe is giving up on being Deathstroke. Only people to blame is Warner Brothers. Exactly. If he gets hired with Marvel, then that's good because he is a marvelous character. There you go. Zing, zing. We've got Legend here. So what's up, Dave? I've never heard you talk about Wes Anderson. But curious, are you a fan of his films? I'm not like a big fan. Uh, sometimes his films are a little too artsy-fartsy for me, but they're interesting. They're unique. Uh, I do like the fact that you could tell when it's a Wes Anderson film. So, you know, there's at least that. But I just, I'm never one of those, like, man, I, I got to put on, you know, I just never flock to his films. But he is a very unique filmmaker. And I like that. But it's just, it, it's not my full brand of vodka, I guess you could say. But still very good. Edward of many fandoms. Your opinion on this classic? You know what? I'm not... And this, you know, I'll be controversial again. Scarface, good movie, but it's not one of those where I'm like, I got to hang up a, a picture up on my wall. It's I'm watching it every weekend. Scarface is good. It's definitely a good movie, but it's not one of those where I'm like constantly just like, oh, I got to watch this movie like over and over. You know, if it's on, I watch it. Uh, and obviously Al Pacino is just a force to be reckoned with. Oh, man. And a young Michelle Pfeiffer. Oof. How? I mean, she's still goddamn gorgeous, but yeah, in that movie especially, jeez. But yeah, it's just not one of those where I'm like, oh, it's just not, but still a good movie. I still like it. John Murdoch Wayne, if you think that Zaslav will allow the Justice League to continue solely in comic book form and not live action, then you're wrong. That man will literally bend both the heavens and the earth to make another live action Justice League movie. Yes. There are problems to be resolved, but he will fight tooth and nail to resolve them. However, the 70 million Q is will, well, the $7 million question is will Zach return? I want him to so badly, but I doubt it. But whoever directs those last two movies will have Zach's blessing and he'll have a final say on all creative decisions. I'll give you my three choices tomorrow. Um, the only thing that's weird about that is like that, that would the only thing I, I, I don't think Zach would want to have the final say. I think he'd be like, here's the template. Do with it what you want to do with it. I don't think Zach would be like, hey, you're the direct. If if there was going to be one director that was going to bring Justice League 2 and 3, that wasn't Zach, but he got Zach's blessing. And yeah, maybe they'd be talking, they'd go over ideas. I just don't see Zach going like, yeah, I, I need to have the final say. I need to have the final say. Now, I don't think he would do that because Zach is very much a filmmaker and is about the filmmaker. I don't think he would just be like, yeah, it's just, it's all up to me now, you know, you know, but they would probably in the pre-production phase, they would have, they would brainstorm, they would go over ideas. Sure, they definitely would. But I don't think he would like he would trust whatever filmmaker or filmmakers, if they, you know, if it was going to be like that, that they would do what they needed to do and, and have his blessing. Because everybody always talks about how Zach is so easy to work with, uh, to do a collaboration with him. It's always very easy going. The energy that that guy exudes always captured is always captured with everybody that's working with him. So, you know, I I just don't think he would be like, oh, it's all up to me. It's all up to yeah. I have the final now. He wouldn't have the final say. He would very much let the director let the be the director, but uh, they would do some pre-production. But I don't know. We'll see. That'd be pretty sweet. But I still say the hardest thing to do is to get all the actors back. That's going to be one of the hardest things. But 
we'll see. But anyways, guys, all right, let's go ahead and wrap this up. This Tuesday show, I appreciate you guys clicking in. Make sure you smash that like thumbs up before you leave. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. If you want to be a member, become a member. I'm going to do a post-show uh, members-only stream right after this. So members, look for it on your YouTube feed. Look for it right there. Look for the link. Click in and, uh, yeah, you know, I'll, 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 I won't have my microphone turned off this, that time. So my bad. Anyway, so go uh, make sure you do that. And then, of course, we got merchandise down below in the film junkie closet. You want to get yourself a shirt, shirt like this. Got this one down there. Teehee. If you want to uh, get one of those or one of the various other ones that you have, go ahead and do so. All right. So I'll see you guys tomorrow, the same junkie time and the same junkie channel. All right, guys. Love you. Talk to you later.